You've heard Rex Barney give that fan a contract. Now it's time to give that fan a podcast. Dive into some Orioles baseball talk with your host, Ryan Blake. Welcome back to Give That Fan a Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Blake. I'm sorry this is a day late. I had to reschedule my interview, but it's all right. That's on me. We're going to take a break next week as uh, Thanksgiving is Thursday, so there will be no episode next week, but we'll be back December 3rd with Nate Thompson, the hitting coach at Arkansas. We're going to talk some Heston Kierstad, a little bit about what the Orioles can expect from him going forward. But my guest today... Eric Arditi, Barstool Sports, you know him from Twitter, you know him from the Exit 52 podcast, had a real good conversation with him, and I don't have a lot else to talk about, so let's go ahead and dive into it. Welcome to the show, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a, been a nice guest list for you, and I'm, I'm happy to, to, to be added to that list, so uh, again, thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm pumped to have you here. I mean, we're both back in the podcast game. You guys relaunched uh, Exit 52 right around the time I was starting up with Give That Fan a Podcast. And uh, you guys have had some great guests as well. I mean, you got Adley Rutschman on the show, for goodness sake. That was a, a lot of fun, good episode. I really enjoyed listening to the one with Joey, previewing Ravens and Steelers. And uh, we've got a little bit of a rivalry coming up. I know you, we're not going to dive into this too much because I know you, you touched on it on action, uh, on Exit 52, but Ravens-Titans this weekend, how you feeling? So, I mean, I'm always, I've always been one of those guys who kind of – expects the worst from my team and like I, I mean that's what I did all the, the whole playoff run last year I thought they were going to lose the games and so that way if they lose I'm like oh, oh well I thought they were going to lose just because I, I I'm not one of those guys that picks picks my team to win every time even if I don't think they are right um and so yeah I went into the games being like I don't know the Patriots are probably better the Ravens are probably better um and so I go into it with low, with low expectations and if they if they lose I'm like see I knew it you know didn't get my hopes up. And if they win, I'm like, glad I was wrong. You probably um, get that mindset for being an Orioles fan. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it, it probably has something to do with that. But, um, I don't know. I mean, th- this week's going to be interesting. Um, because I mean, both teams are super talented. I think the Ravens obviously have a, have a better on paper. They probably have a better roster, but they're not. I mean, I mean, we've seen it all year. They're not playing like they were last year. Um, Sunday night, they got the crap beat out of them physically. You know, you got the Nick Boyle injury. He's out. That's a huge loss. Um, I mean, the offensive line is in shambles and, and Tennessee's kind of the same thing. Their offensive line hasn't been the same since Taylor Lewan went out and, and, you know, the Ravens got their two big guys that I may be out. I, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, any, you know, definite news on Campbell and Williams. But if that's the case, then Derrick Henry could have another great day like he did back in January. Um, hopefully I don't lose as many followers this Sunday <laughs> as I lost that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game and, and like, it, it wouldn't shock me if the, if the Ravens win 35, 13, something like that, but it also wouldn't shock me if the Titans go in and, and win, you know, a, a closer, I don't think Titans could blow them out. I don't think they will blow them out. You know, if the Titans won 30, 30 24 something like that like i could see it i mean i honestly it could go either way i'm just i'm obviously hoping it goes the uh the two-tone blue way yeah i mean two six and three teams 
playoff rematch from last year. And uh, you mentioned Taylor Luan. I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was waiting tables at a sports bar out in Scottsdale, I got to uh, got to wait on his family. It was him and Will Compton, so that was that was a lot of fun. He's a good dude. I I, did, I think you told me that you may have texted me that night or something like that, and like you didn't even really realize it was him, or you didn't realize it was Will, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I didn't know it was them on. until I got uh, Taylor's credit card and I saw his name on it, and immediately, like I I could tell he was an athlete, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I got the card, it clicked, and I that was the one day I actually wore my Ravens hat to work. <laughs> and uh, so when I when I dropped the check back off, I pointed my hat. I said, "Do me a favor, take it easy on us in the playoffs next year." But uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to get to take care of him. But uh, I'm in a little bit of a pickle because the Ravens Titans game is not televised all over Maryland. It's in like the the Baltimore metro area, I guess. But mm-hmm. I'm actually I've been watching the games down at my girlfriend's in in Rockville, and we get I think Bengals Eagles and Browns yeah. or Bengals in Washington, and then Browns and Eagles something like that but yeah it's it's that weird like once you pass over howard county it gets into like dc territory and and because like i know growing up obviously i'm from i'm grew up in howard county and like the loonies in Maplelawn is like legitimately like the middle point between dc and baltimore so it's always it's always very touchy on like which team you know what what games are broadcast and because of all the, the rights they have and stuff like that um, that's a rough one. You may have to, uh, I was going to say you may have to go out to a bar for the games, but I don't think that's very safe right now. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's we'll a rough see. one. I'll come that's up with some one. plans. Might just, might just watch it at my parents' house up in Catonsville. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It should be now good. I texted you a few weeks ago cause my girlfriend and I were in the market for a snake and you're the only snake guy I know. In fact, <laughs> you're the only Titans fan I know, which is why I texted you when, when I had Taylor Luan at the restaurant. But, um, you're the only snake guy I know. So I, I hit you up. I was like, you know, asking for a little bit of advice. You have a ball python. My girlfriend and I landed on a corn snake and so far so good. But uh, I, I appreciate your input there. It's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was nice to, to talk to someone else about that. Like you said, I've had, I don't know, maybe seven or eight snakes, I think, in, in, in my life. And I have I the two ones I have now, I have a hog nose that I've had for about two and a half years, maybe. And then I have a, a ball python that I've had for eight years that I that I took from a friend who was having a child. Um, so I, I took both of the, or I I got him, and it's 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 a very niche community. Um, yeah. I'm sure you saw a lot of snake shows and reptile shows are some of the best people watching you'll ever see. I oh mean, yeah, it's it's just absolutely hilarious the things you'll see there and. And I know, of course, when you, when you texted me, you know, I, I, that I had got a snake from that snake show too. So I remember like, you know, I hadn't been there in a couple of years though, but I was like, Oh, I remember that one. And there's always a big one down in Timonium, uh, yeah. every year, the, the Mars, the mid Atlantic reptile show, which is a fantastic one to go to. Um, and they're fun to go to, even if you don't want to buy a snake or a lizard or a spider or something like that. Um, we've seen some cool stuff there. So yeah, I'm definitely, uh, Cause I, and how I got into snakes growing up was I had a buddy whose dad in their basement must have had 45, 50 cages. And in, at any time, it would, there were pythons, there were boas, there were, we never had anything venomous. At, at one point, we had an alligator down there. We wow. bought it from a, we bought it from a pet store. Um, I mean, he used to have, um, bullfrogs that were big enough to eat mice. He had fish, he had eels, he was breeding his own mice to, to give to the snakes and stuff like that. And that's his, so my buddy's dad, his mom was also a teacher. So they used to legitimately do field trips to their house. 
when oh, they wow. load up a school bus and they kids would come down. Um, so that that's where I got my love of of snakes and reptiles and and stuff like that. So I've been into it for well over twenty years. Um, and I mean, owning a snake, like like you'll see, it's 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 not too challenging. And ex- you know, especially a corn snake, you don't have to give too much love and attention. You can you you feed them once a week, and you know you 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 don't really have to do anything. Give them some water, and and they're good to go. So and again, people will people will freak out because it's a snake. Yeah. Um, but I always tell people, I'm like, you'd rather have a snake guy on your side than go against a snake guy. So, oh, absolutely. Wanna, you know, just remember, you want to you stay on my good side. So, yeah, there you, you go. got that going for you now. For sure. Well, I, I grew up allergic to cats and dogs, so I was never able to have, like, a furry pet like that. But I had an uncle who had snakes and tarantulas and scorpions and all that, all that crazy kind of stuff. And he's the one who really got me into it. And I've had geckos and turtles and frogs and stuff over the years. But mm-hmm. living at my dad's house, he's not a snake guy at all. He wouldn't let one in. So it wasn't until now I've I've got another place to keep it where I figured, you know, might as well enter the fatherhood as a snake guy. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been cool. Now, let me ask you a question because I've, I've met read mixed reviews on this online. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a friend of my girlfriend's has a ball python as well. And he'll feed it. Um, he'll put, like, like a small goldfish in its water dish and just he'll hunt for him. Is that dangerous? So what, what what we did yesterday, I went and got, I just bought one little 16 cent rosy red minnow mm-hmm. and I put it in the water dish and snake seems kind of interested in it, but not necessarily hungry for it. Like he'll stalk it and, you know, he, he got close a couple times, but never actually really took a, took a strike at it. Is that, you know, is that something that I should try to mix into the diet a little bit? Or do you think I should just stick with the pinkies for now? I think you'd be good with pinkies. I've heard of people doing that. Like sometimes when you buy, you know, these bred snakes in, in captivity from, from these breeders, they, and it, it's like, if they don't, it's like, if they're, they're not attracted to the, to the mice. And I've had that problem with the hog nose where they won't eat the mice. And it's like, you put tuna on it, you put salmon juice, stuff like that. People will try and switch it up with like a fit, like again, a goldfish or a minnow or, or a guppy or something like that. Um, I would say I I would if it was me I would stick with the pinkies, um yeah. just because it's easiest it's it's next thing you know you go to work or whatever and you come back and the, and the goldfish is you don't see it and you're like oh I think he ate it and it flopped out of the bowl and now it's like just decomposing in the in the <laughs> substrate or something I don't know I mean again I've heard of using fish to scent stuff to again corn snakes and other things like that that may eat fish in the wild. Um, where you you rub a fish on it. I know hog knows they said to do it with a toad too, but like I'm not gonna buy a toad and yeah. rub it on a dead mouse. That's this is way too much for me. Right. Um, I mean, so it's it's not the craziest thing, but yeah, I would I would stick with the pinkies right now and and hope that and and I know that like some snakes the first couple months I had a hog nose that didn't eat for like six months after I brought it home and I was just like waiting. I was like this thing is gonna die, and then I was reading more and they were like oh no it's the winter and it's it, this is when it's using all its fat substrate and stuff like that. So it's all, it's using all the, it's getting all its energy from the mice that it's eaten in the past couple of weeks or like before, before I got it. So yeah. no, I, I, th- I think you're fine with, with, it may not be bad to try and mix one in every now and then. And like, if you eat some good, if, if not, then, then, you know, again, it may just be like an, un, an unwarranted mess that, that you got to clean up every couple of days. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just I feel like kind of mixing up the diet a little bit, but I don't want to mess with what's working. And I, we've had no problem with the pinky so far. I mean, I've only had this guy long enough to feed it twice now, but um, yeah, no problem with the pinky. So I'm I'm a little worried that if I do try to incorporate fish, then he'll throw it off. Yep. That. Yeah. So I'll, 
I'll stick with this one. If he eats it, great. If he doesn't, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll stick with the mice. But um, we'll get into some baseball talk here in a minute. But uh, I'm really into Breaking Bad right now. That's the show I'm on. And I know that's one of your favorite shows. Um, I'm, I just started season five. It's absolutely fantastic. Without spoiling anything, what can I expect from the the rest of season five? Let me. I'm looking up season five Breaking Bad right now because again, <laughs> I don't want to. Like I, I I know that. Oh, this. So this is going into the last season, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So so that's not. I didn't want to like ruin that. I didn't want you to be like, oh, thought I had four, you know four more seasons. Yeah. Um, it gets really good. I mean, I'm looking at the the list of episodes and. I mean, pretty, pretty quick off the bat, you get into some of the like, this, this is arguably the best episode in, in the series. And then from there, it's just like, it's just, it's the best. I mean, it gets so good. And, and there's just so, there's so much action. There's, there's, I, and again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's, yeah. just, it, it it's, gets, a, it's a tough question to answer without giving anything away. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm so jealous of you too that you could go back and rewind. Like, has your, has your girlfriend seen it too? She has seen it, yeah. Okay, so she, I had. So she's just kind of getting to relive this again, right? Like, yeah, like this is. I mean, and the, like Breaking Bad. I'm I'm a terrible TV watcher. I can't sit down every Tuesday night at eight thirty and watch whatever show. Like I I've never been able to do that. And Breaking Bad was one of like the few shows. Like I started it on Netflix, binged like the first two seasons or whatever, and then it was like season three was on TV, and I hated waiting like a week in between episodes. So, like, again, you know, something like you where, like, Saturday, shit, you can knock out half a season right there and yeah. just and just pile through them. And just it, it, I feel like it's so much better watching a show like that because then the story just rolls on and you don't there's not a week waiting in between. And, and yeah, it's it's season five gets really good. Um, and then when you're done, make sure you watch. Um, what was it called? El Torino. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you watch that. Um, OK. And, and it's, it's not like, it's not like one of those sequels that messes with the original. No, um, doesn't mess with it. Like it was, it was good. I don't know if it was needed. Like the way, the way Breaking Bad ended, I was fine with it. I, I, I wasn't like over the top, like thrilled, but I didn't, it wasn't like Seinfeld where everyone was like, that's it. Like, are you kidding me? Right. Um, but it, I mean, it was a good, it was like a bonus episode. So it was good. It was, um, it, it's good, but yeah, I would definitely watch that. Um, but yeah, man, like just just being able to go back and watch, um, like the breaking the, that whole final season, it was is just so awesome. I, so I'm super jealous of you for that. Well, I'm I'm pretty pumped. It, it, I've actually started it a few times in the past. This is the first time I actually really stuck with it, and it wasn't because I was disinterested. I just you know, you know how that is. You start Stuff a show happens, and then you get distracted. And yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I think this was my fourth time starting the show, and I actually finished the first season this time, and I mean I was hooked. And it's it's gotten to the point where like you know the first two or three seasons obviously great episodes and you want to keep watching. But once I really got into like the middle of season three and especially with season four, every time an episode ends, I'm like, well, I can't stop here. Yeah. And it, and you just boom right to the next one. So like, again, that's yeah. why it's so hard watching it on TV. Cause it's like, Oh, what's Jesse going to do up? Oh, all right. Now I got to wait a week. And so it was, it was, that's I, I hate watching TV like on actual <laughs> TV. Like that. it's, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 like, I just remember watching it like the first, was it the first or second episode when they decomposed that body in the in the bathtub? Yeah. And the um, yeah, and I just remember being like, "Oh, this is I'm I'm in I'm in." Yep. You got me here, so yeah. Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't be able to handle show. having to having to wait for the next one. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into some Orioles talk. Uh, the biggest news of the offseason, biggest news as far as I'm concerned in the baseball world, really, is that Trey Mancini is cancer-free and uh, working his way toward coming back, God willing, uh, for the beginning of next season. And Trey is a, a personal friend of yours. And I'm just a little bit curious for those who don't know, how did how did you end up, you know, buddies with Trey and how did that start? And and obviously, you know, it's it's great to see all the progress that he's made since his diagnosis at in spring training. Um, but what's what's so special about his return for you personally? Um he I mean, he's just and ever since I've I've known him, he's just been the absolute nicest guy. Um, and I, I, so I met him back in 2015, I think, I think he, he like followed me on Twitter. Um, and as I'll do, I mean, you know, if any, if I ever get someone who follows me, who I'm like, Oh, you're a minor league player or someone like that, I'll, I'll shoot him a DM. Hey man, you know, thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. Best of luck this year. Um, you know, would love to, would love to meet up sometime or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, let me know if you ever need tickets to, to a Bay Sox game back when he was down in Bowie. He's like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. For sure. And like one, you know, Friday, Saturday night, my wife now girlfriend at the time, you know, like, hey, let's let's head down to Bowie. You know, Trey gave us some tickets. Um, went down there, met him for the first time, and chatted with him before the game. And 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 I've kind of just kept, you know, and it's not like I'm like, hey, can you can you sign this or like, do you, you know, do you want to? Can I get an autograph or can I get a picture? It's just like talk to him like a normal person. And because again, like when I talk to him, he's like, oh, he's he's a cool. It's like a 23 year old kid who just can mash. Like that's all he wants to do is hit baseballs and he's damn good at it. Um, so like I just, and I mean, I'd slip him in like every blog that I could, just a little note or whatever, just to, you know, pump his tires a little bit. Right. And I had no idea if he was going to be good or not, but I was like, guys, watch out. This guy's going to be a stud just cause again, I was like, you know, I've, I had a relationship with him and it's funny. I think he was the first person on our, on Banks and I podcast back in like 2016. And he was like in his girlfriend's dorm room in, at Notre Dame. But it was like, it was like February. It was like right before the, um, the Super Bowl. Cause we were asking him like all these prop bets. But again, like he, he had just come off like the, the minor league player of the year award for the Orioles and stuff like that. Um, and I was just kind of kept in touch with him, talked to him every now and then. Um, you know, going out a few times with him, had a, had a couple late nights. Um, and again, if you, I mean, for COVID, if you had gone out to the bars at, you know, 1130 midnight there's a good chance you'll you run into him or a few of the other guys and again every time i've been out with him he'll take every picture he'll talk to you it's hard to talk to him in public because he's six three six four and and you're at his shoulder but i mean he'll never say no to a picture he'll never say no to having a conversation and and he's just the nicest guy and and then so you know when he comes up to the i i almost burned my house down the night he hit his first home run i don't know if i i've tweeted the story a couple times obviously they're playing the red sox I'm grilling and I have these ribs on the grill and I have the grill outside and I can peek in and see the TV and I see him hit the, and this is, this is how long ago this was. I see him hit the home run and it's immediately I run inside and I grab my phone. I jump on vine and I'm vining it. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting ready to blog it. I'm going to tweet it out. And like six or seven minutes later, I'm like, Oh my God, I still have the ribs on the grill. And I look out and this thing is pumping just flames. And I was like, Oh my God. So I like <laughs> took, the grill, they took the ribs off, but like, I was so excited for him and like, and again, I just almost had my house in flames. Um, and then again, just kind of kept in touch with him and, and my brother is, um, autistic. And so we, we came to a game once. And so my brother's always just all he wants to do when he goes to a game is I just want a ball. I just want to, you know, I want something. So it was like, all right. So I just remember texting Trey it was probably, it was one of the game, one of the last games that he got called up or one of the games, like the final games that season. 
He's like, hey, man, like, you know, would love to meet up with you before the game. Um, if, if if there's any chance, if not, don't worry about it. Like, can you toss my brother a ball or something like that? And I told him, like, you know, he's special needs and all that. And he's like, oh, absolutely. Like, so he was like, you know, before the game, he's like, shoot me a text. I'll be in the lo- I'll be in the clubhouse. Um, I'll come down the right the right field line and 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 give you a ball or whatever. And so he comes out, you know, he sees us, comes over, like has a ball signed, gives him a ball, and like makes my brother's day. And and then he texts me after the game and was like, hey man, like you know, anytime you guys want to come down on the field for batting practice, we'll get you, I'll get you uh, tickets, batting practice tickets, anything like that you want. So, um, and and like he'll do at beginning of every year, it's almost like he'll text me day before, day or two before um opening day, like hey man. Um, you know, let me know if you ever want tickets this year. You and Alex come down. We'll get you guys down there and all that stuff. So the batting practice has always been cool, and my brother loves it. And Trey, he asked Trey, it was like after his bobblehead came out. We we're down on the field talking to him. He's like, "Hey, you got any bobbleheads in your locker room?" And Trey's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got some." And Alex is like, "My brother's like, can can I have one?" And Trey's like, "Yeah, of course." <laughs> and I'm like, "Alex, you can't like you can't ask him for it." And he comes out and he signs the box and he gives it to him. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, Alex. And, and he's like, well, what about jerseys? And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, we're done. <laughs> um, but again, he's just, and, and like, he doesn't do it because he feels bad or anything. He just does it because he's a nice person. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like, obviously we saw the stuff with Mo, like he did all that stuff again, not, not cause he wanted his name in the, in the, in the paper or something like that. He did it cause he's a legitimately good person. And that's why, like, I mean, obviously it sucks seeing him go through everything this year. And uh, again, on top of everything that's gone on this year. But like the cancer news for him was just gut wrenching for everyone. And again, it's because like everyone seems to either have a story about him or a memory with him or, or you know, watching, watching his first home run and all that. So, and he's just a great guy. And that's why, again, I think the, the city and the team just rallied around him. And, and I, I mean, I hope he's here forever. Like I, I think he's, he's an absolute, he's a hell of a baseball player and he's a better person. And like as cliche and as, as many people say that, like it's absolutely true with Trey. So I'm, I'm thrilled. And you know, every time, you know, the, when he when he finishes chemo, I'll shoot him a text and and shoot Sarah a text because I'm like, hey, Sarah, just remember, like we all love Trey, but like you're you're the goat here. Like we've seen yeah. all the pieces and we read it all and and all that. So I texted him last week when when he was cleared and all that, and was like, hey, like this is. Every time I text him, I'm like, this is the best news we've had in the last couple of weeks. And and he's, I mean, again, he's his his attitude. Ever since that March diagnosis has been great. He's always like, Hey, I'm just ready to get back out there. Um, just, just want to be healthy and play baseball. So I'm super, 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 super excited to see him, you know, back and hitting 35, maybe 40 home runs next year. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's very exciting to have him on, on the, on the return. And I'm not going to lie, after his rookie year, I was in that camp where, you know, a lot of the thing with him coming up through the system was, you know, he can mash fastballs, but how's he going to do against, you know, major league pitchers who can mix in the breaking stuff. And after his rookie year, I think I think he came in third in the in the rookie of the year voting. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, behind Judge and Benny. That's right. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, you know, what could we possibly get for this guy on the trade market? And then, you know, because I wasn't sure if he was going to repeat his rookie year. I thought that might be the best it was going to get. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, year after year, he's been putting up better numbers. Hit you know 30 plus homers uh, in 2019. And now he's, you know, knowing how he is as a person, he's the kind of guy you want on your side forever. And it's, he's, he's a good guy to have, uh, in the system and with this team. And he's a, he's a leader in the clubhouse. And, you know, we saw it when he got the initial diagnosis, just everyone around baseball rallied behind him. And, you know, I think that's, that's going to happen with any, any player who, who gets a diagnosis like that. But 
you know, you really saw with Trey the the support and the the genuine love from from everybody in his circle, and that was that was really cool to see. Yeah, and and again, I think it's because people in the area, people have seen him out, people have seen him at the Ravens games and stuff like that. And again, it's like he's 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 just a genuinely nice guy, and and. Again, and like, uh, like, like you were saying, like, of course, no one's gonna, sh- they're not gonna crap on anyone who's going through cancer or anything like that, but it, just everything that, I mean, he's the perfect billboard player. You want him on your billboard, you know, come, come see the Orioles. You want a picture of Trey. He's, he's a big enough name where, again, people all over the country, I think people all over baseball, if you pay attention to baseball, you know who he is. Um, and, I, and again, it's just every story about him is positive. Um, you know, it's, it, there, there's no, there's nothing negative about him. I mean, he's, the only negative thing was he didn't get to live up to his uh his bet that that him and I had about Maryland basketball and Notre <laughs> Dame basketball where what it, the bet was he would have to take batting practice uh in a full turtle outfit if Maryland won and if Notre Dame won I was going to sit behind the dugout in a leprechaun uniform wow. so obviously that was before <laughs> everything happened but um, right. I mean yeah I, again I have I will never say a bad word about Trey um and it, again it's hard to find one there's nothing can't come up with anything about him. So yeah, it's and again the way that baseball rallied around him, and I mean Mike Bray, the Notre Dame coach, and Dick Vitale, all those guys, you know, tweeted Pat Connaughton wearing the the fight shirt, like all that yeah. stuff is so cool. So again, it's it's it was awesome to see the support and and like you said, everyone rallying around him. Yeah, well, I so I somehow missed out on getting one of the fight shirts, so I got to see if there are any floating around out there on the market. But uh, you mentioned we'll get to another guy you're friends with here in a second, but you mentioned Mo. And uh, Jeremy Kahn tweeted out the other day that there's a, a Mo Gabba bobblehead that's coming out. I'm not sure if that's going to be for sale, if it's a you know collector's item, whatever it may be. But I know you're a big bobblehead guy. You're a big Mo guy. He was you know you got close with him as he was you know coming down near the end there. And um, you know obviously Mo means a lot to you. He means a lot to Baltimore. But how cool is it to see that that bobblehead? And and how excited are you for that to to come out? So the coolest part is I so a couple. But I guess before the baseball season started, um, starting nine and some of the other Barstool guys, we had a fantasy baseball league and we all got to pick one person in it. And so we did like a, Hey, give us your best pitch to be in this. And a guy from like California, huge A's fan, like he has like a bobblehead museum in his house. Um, cause I saw it and he was like, Hey, I know you like bobbleheads. Here's all mine. He had, he has these three footers, six foot, everything. And so, you know, I followed him and, and we talked a little bit and he sent me. Like two or three days ago, he sent me a DM on Twitter and was like, Hey, I don't know if you've seen these, but like I'm in a group on Facebook for like California bobbleheads and people are like advertising them to us because like everyone knows his story now, like the Mo bobbleheads. And he's like, these are so cool. I can't wait to see these. And it's just like, holy, like we got Oakland A's fans putting in orders for this Mo bobblehead. Um, wow. so I, I thought that was just so damn cool. Cause I, I, I didn't, I didn't know if it was going to be just Baltimore people or. But again, it's like, I mean, he was a national story. Like he's, and I think there's a piece coming out on, I, I want to say it's on ESPN this Sunday. And then there's one airing before Raven Steelers on Thanksgiving. Um, so again, it's like, it's not just a WJZ, WBAL stuff. It's like NFL Network, ESPN, all that. you see it on CBS all the time, the Moe's Rose. Um, and that's the most amazing part. And that's what I was talking to Jeremy about on the radio the other night. Um, again, like, cause that, that was my biggest fear was like, you know, when we lost Mo. It would be on to the next one and, and not, not that people would forget about him, but people would stop talking about him and telling his story and, and having his legacy live on. And it's like, it's, it's clear that his legacy isn't going anywhere and, and rightfully so. Um, cause again, I mean, you've, you've seen 
you know, firsthand what he's meant to the community and, and, and the players and the team and, and just everyone here. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about that and the Mo Gabba way and Jeremy, he, Jeremy won't tell us, but he also has another surprise. I don't know what it is. Um, and I'm on a text thread with Jeremy, Miss Lynn, who is Mo's vision coach and Sanzi, who's Mo's mom. And that's how, that's how we found out about the bobblehead and, and the, the Mo Gabba way the other, he texted us, Jeremy texted us probably a couple of weeks ago, me, Sanzi, cause Sanzi had no idea. And he was like, Hey guys, here's when it's happening. Here's the invite. Um, you know, Governor Hogan and a couple other people are going to be there. So it's, I mean, it's, and, and again, I always tell Jeremy, like, just to be mentioned, just to be, and Lynn always says, like, Mo handpicked, you know, a certain, these people to be in this, you know, circle and like just being in that circle with them is, is amazing. Cause I, I said, like, I was almost like selfish where I was like, I, I want to be friends with him. Like, I want to, I want to get to know him and not, not just like, oh, see him on TV and, and, you know, hear him on the radio and think like, oh, that's cool. Like I was like, I'm, I genuinely want to be his friend and get to know him and all that. And I'm glad I got to, to hang out with him and play video games and, uh, you know, just, just again, just be his friend and, and continue to, to be there for Sanzi and yeah, the bobblehead. I think they are, I think they're $50 to buy. And I think they're 60 if you get them shipped. I think the guy lives in Glen Burnie. Um, but I know Jeremy said they're doing like an order of a thousand. And then once that fills up, they're going to do another order of a thousand. And I was like, you're, you're probably going to need a couple more orders because yeah, I think these things are going to sell. So yeah, I mean, if, if A's fans are talking about it, then exactly. It's like, and and I, I'm again, I'm I'm a bobblehead nerd, so I'm in these like bobblehead groups on Facebook too. And there's these like auction kind of website, like Facebook groups, but they're like auctions for the bobbleheads. And I saw one today, a most one going for like 200 bucks, and I was like, geez, like, this is wow. This is going to be crazy. So yeah, I'm super excited um, about that, and 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 the Mo Gabba way is going to be really neat. And again, I don't know where it is, but I know it's I know it's walking distance from both stadiums. So it's like mm-hmm. if you go to an Orioles game, it's five minutes away. You can walk and find it. Same thing with a Ravens game. So it's it's definitely going to be one of those like must see stops. And you know, hopefully, we can get through the winter with with these COVID numbers staying low, and we'll be able to have a Mo Gabba, you know, Orioles Hall of Fame ceremony next year. I hope. Yeah, because um, again, I I also don't think they're gonna do one if the fans aren't there. Because yeah, I, I don't. That, think that's a game either. that you're gonna need the fans there for. So. Absolutely, and yeah, it's, like you said, you know, it was, it's nice that he the legacy has lived on even after his passing. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of got a preview into that when he was inducted into the Orioles Hall of Fame, or at least told that he would be inducted the day he ended up passing away later that evening. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, with the Mo Gab away coming soon, that's gonna be really exciting to see. And hopefully we'll have a you know a packed house at Camden Yards for the uh, the unveiling of his Orioles Hall of Fame plaque. So that's it's it's super exciting and and awesome that you were able to get kind of a firsthand look into you know his life and get to hang out with him, play some games and all that. So and I I'm still just thrilled that that we were able to get him that the announcement for the Hall of Fame because so it's not a long story but so the the announcement was written in Braille. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Hudak, who was with the Orioles, who's their PR lady, head of PR, she had ordered it through an Etsy shop, just had it, you know, she knew what it was typed up. And she said it was like Saturday morning. And she said, hey, you know, uh, or she said, like, man, we really got it because I, I saw Mo that week. And I told I knew that that we did not have much time. And I kind of told her, like, hey, just a heads up. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are planning anything, but if you are, it it's gonna need to be soon and this was like a friday friday saturday and she's a crap like we have this announcement that we want to make next week and 
but it's lost in the mail. Obviously, that's when the mail was going crazy, the end of July, right. like no one knew anything. And she said, I bought it from a lady up in York, Pennsylvania, and I, I have to talk to someone in the Orioles, like one of the interns or something who can go get it. And I was like, I'll, I'll go tomorrow morning. Like, just send me an, send me an address. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, you know, no, you don't have to. And I was like, no, like, just let me, yeah, like, just give me an address and I'll go do it. I, like, met up with this girl up in York, Pennsylvania, um, like, 8.30 in the morning. Nice little drive up there. It's not too bad. Okay. And, like, got the card. And she, again, she's like, she's like, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not a sports fan. But she's like, I know who Mo Gabba is. And she, it's, this was like a side business she does. She's, she teaches, um, she was like a visual, you know, uh, a blind coach, I think, something like that, like a, a vision coach up in Pennsylvania. But she was like, oh, of course I know who Mo is. And she was like, she was just thrilled to be able to even help with it. And so I remember going, so I had, I got the envelope, drove back home, talked to Jeremy, and he was like, you know, he's having some bad nights. And, and I said, you know, should I come over today to drop off the thing? Because I said, they want, they want him to read it, know what it says. Um, but if he can't read it, like we can just read it out loud to him. And he was like, yeah, come tomorrow. So same thing. I texted his mom. I was like, Hey, we have something to drop off. This was Monday. I think he died on a Tuesday. So mm-hmm. Monday morning I went over and, and said, Sanzi, you know, we hear, we have this from the Orioles. that said, I don't know what it says. I had no idea what it says. It's like, I don't know what it says. Only he knows what it says. And I was like, can he read it? And she's like, no, he's, you know, he's not, I don't think he'll be able to read it. So Lynn, his speech coach came over or his vision coach came over later that day and she read it to him and, and just the fact that he was able to, and of course he died. So the video came out that Tuesday. It was read to him on Monday. But mm-hmm. again, it's like if, I mean, if we would have waited a day because he died that Tuesday night, right. if we would have waited, you know, and, and I remember talking to Kristen and Jack at the Orioles. They, they said the video is going to come out Wednesday and Tuesday morning. I went over there and dropped off probably 150, 200 water bottles just to keep eyes his bed and i again i knew i said if he's here by friday it'll be a miracle and so i told them i said hey again this video if you guys are doing this video it probably needs to be soon and they said all right it's going to come out wednesday and i kind of just went okay i i you know i hope i hope he's here wednesday and obviously we know what happened and it but tuesday she texted me like hey we're actually going to put the video out tonight so again i mean and people had asked like is it by coincidence that they made the announcement and that was the same day? And I said, it was just, you know, that's just how it happened. So again, just the fact that he was able to hear it and process it was by far the best thing that could have come from it. And, and cause again, I mean, it would, it would have been terrible if, you know, if, some, if, if what happened happened and he just, and he never knew about it. So that's, I'm just thrilled that he was able to digest that information and know about it before we lost him. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye watching that video. It was it just, especially you know for anybody who you know obviously has sympathy for the situation but especially for Orioles fans you know knowing what the Orioles Hall of Fame means it just oh man it was it was so cool to see Mm -hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to I I mentioned this a little bit ago another guy that you're friends with you had him on the podcast uh Adley Rutschman you had dinner with him at Jimmy's I don't know if that was if that was set up or just coincidence but you know, I know you, I follow you on Instagram, so I see your comments on all his pictures, just, you know, yelling <laughs> out his name. And I feel like if I did that, it would come across as, as weird or creepy, but you do it and it's endearing in a sense. Uh, so how did that come about? And do you consider yourself pals with the number two prospect in baseball now? I don't know. I don't know if pals, <laughs> um, we're friendly. I don't know if he would call me a pal, but, um, <laughs> I mean, so, so it just started like, I think, you know, before the draft, I would go on and 
do these playful comments and and you know on on his instagrams and and just just joke around like i used to always ask him about the crab cakes if he wanted them fried or broiled right um, stuff like that and tag jimmy's in his posts and all that and be like hey we're gonna go here when, when you're here and obviously you know we had the the draft party there for him that the night he was drafted and all that but no i mean i was just like i'm just gonna keep writing his name and in, in all caps because I, I, I always think like if so, if someone's trying to get your attention, if someone calls your name, you're gonna look like regardless. Like if you see your name, yeah. comment, you're gonna look and be like, oh, what does that say? Oh, okay, oh, that's that Eric guy again. And I guess that's <laughs> that's eventually what ended up happening is because like he, I don't know, he followed me a couple months back, um, and I didn't do like I didn't do the DM right away because again I was like I'm gonna I gotta DM him. I wanted to let it marinate a little bit. Right, um, gotta play it cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, and then so Johnny who owns Jimmy's texted me probably about four thirty, five o'clock on like a Thursday and was like, yo, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, what do you mean tonight? Like it, it's tonight. The, the night's already here. It's like, already tonight. Yeah, Like it's already tonight. And he's like, I, he's like, I totally forgot to tell you, like we're having a private signing with, with your boy tonight. And I was just like, don't do this to me. Like, don't, don't, don't mess around with me right now. Like I can't, I can't take this. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Like, he's like, I can't believe we forgot to tell you. And he's like seven thirty to like 10 or whatever private signing. And he, I was like, so is this like an invite? Because I didn't buy any tickets. He's like, no, like you, you're talking to the owner. This is okay. Like, <laughs> and I was like, he was, I, he was like, I can get you. And I'm pretty sure I can get you in any room you want in this building. You and know the like, right guy. Yeah. And, I, but I was like, well, if you say so, like, I'm not going to ask to come up. I was like, if you tell me to come up, I will come up. He's like, dude, come up. He's like, all righty. And so I come up and John's, cause he's like, and so I go to my wife and I'm like, Hey, um, like, do you want, you know, do you want Jimmy's for dinner tonight? She's like, we just ate. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so that question sucked. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go up to Jimmy's and, and meet Adley real quick. And I, we live maybe 15 minutes. And she's like, all right, whatever. Just, yeah, just go. Okay. And I was like, oh, are you sure? Like, I, I don't have to go. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. And I was like, all right. And I went up there. And so, like, you, you've been to Jimmy's, like, where we had the 100K party. Yeah. Where, like, you walk in that entrance and the the stairs up. And then you walk up and it's that big ballroom. And so John's like, Hey, come up here. He's up here. And we walk up and his, his memorabilia guy, Phil is there. And I, I knew who he was and I think he knew who I was. And we kind of, you know, Hey, dapped him or, you know, gave him a fist pump. What's up, man? How are you? And he's like, Adley, you, you know, this guy and Adley's like, well, first off, there's 20 tables of everything there. I mean, there, cause it's all these autograph memorabilia guys. And there, so there's bats, there's catcher's equipment. There's cleats, there's game use cleats, there's game use gloves, there's regular gloves, there's batting gloves, there's pictures, there's Oregon State jerseys, there's Oregon State football jerseys. Like, ev- I mean, anything and everything you could ever imagine that could go in a man cave was there. And so, again, I was just like, oh, shit, there's stuff. Like, I could grab all of this and try and run right now. <laughs> um, and he's I'm like, sure hey. a little piece of you wanted to. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he's like, hey, Adley, you know this guy? And Adley, like, he's signing something, he looks up, he's like, oh, what's up, Eric, how are you, man? <laughs> and you know, like just the fact that he knew my name, I was like, I almost fell down the stairs. Like, like yeah, Adley knows the guy knows my name. Like this is awesome. Um, and he got up and and again, like all the autograph guys are there, like trying waiting to get their stuff signed, and he's just talking to me. And you know, we're chatting, and and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I see everything you write. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Like your tweets pop up in our in our uh, group chats all the time. Like my buddies send them to me and. He's like, no, I was like, I'm not annoying, am I? I was like, you can tell me if I'm annoying. He's like, no, 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 you're fine, man. You're fine. I was like, all right, good. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, but seriously, like, I love, like, the enthusiasm from you and all the other Orioles fans. He's like, I see everything you guys are saying. Like, and I said, good, because we got to parade the plan in a couple of years. And he's like, that's the plan. Like, I know. Like, don't, don't, you know, believe me. I know that's what I want. Um, and we chatted a little bit. 
he was like, yeah, man, your, your, your blog on Maddie was hilarious. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I was like, what's, what's Maddie? Like, who, who is that? He's like, it's a bachelor girl. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, I didn't even remember that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I do not like the bachelor at all. And that was a rough blog to write because I had no idea who any of those girls were. And, um, we chatted a little bit and they were like, you want to, you want to get a picture? And I was like, eh, I'm, yeah, if you want to, yeah, we can take one. Like, I'm not <laughs> right. over it. And again, they, they were like, what, you want like a signed picture too? Like an eight by 10? And I was like, again, if you want, if you want to, that's fine. Like, I'm not, you know, not I, here again, to I was like, I'm, yeah, I was like, I'm just trying to treat, treat him like a normal guy. So, um, but yeah. And then like, I, I didn't even know there was a photographer at Jimmy's who like took those pictures and posted them. And then, and then the one night that Adley posted his, on his Instagram, like, Oh, that was that, wild. That was the night the Lakers won the championship and I'm a huge LeBron guy. So I'm just, I'm hyped watching the Lakers and I'm, I'm just not even paying attention to social media. And I get on Instagram and it's like 15 new followers, five new messages, 88 likes. And I was like, wait, like what, what is going on? And it's like, and then I'm scrolling and I see like Adley, his like post. And I was like, what? And I like, I sent it to Johnny from Jimmy's and he, I was like, look what you did, dude. And he was like, <laughs> I don't know. He was like, what is that about? And I was like, I have no idea. Like no idea why I posted that. Um, but yeah, getting him on the podcast was cool. And again, like, I think if you saw, like we told him, we were like, Hey, we're just going to have some fun. Like we're not going to be, we're, it's not going to be like a heavy on baseball. Like we, we want to know just about you and like, cause again, you don't really get that look into these, these baseball prospects. Um, I feel like every interview they do is the same and it's like, well, how was Bowie? And, Tell us about your swing and, and what do you think of the future? And it's like, we just wanted to have fun with him. And, 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 you know, he, he's just a normal kid. Again, he just happens to be really, really good at baseball. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that, that was really cool. And I, I remember talking to him and being like, do you have, how long do you want to do this? 45 minutes. You want to do half hour? And he was like, dude, we'll, we'll go till, till the Wi-Fi runs out. I don't care. Like, let's, and I was like, is anything off limits? Do you not want us to ask anything? And he's like, no, just bring it on. Like, let, let's do it. So again, yeah. he, cool kid like he, he can tell that he's excited and 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 he wants to he wants to be up here and i mean i again i think if like we got more look into the prospects like that like it again it, it got me fired up and it, it should have got everyone else fired up so i thought it was an awesome interview it was just it was just neat that again the number two prospect in baseball was just sitting there like messing around with us and yeah and talking about what it was like getting drafted and stuff like that so it was it was cool i'm glad i'm glad uh glad you liked it and everyone else liked it yeah, well, like you said, it's super cool to get a, a peek into these these people's lives because you know, as fans, we kind of glorify them as athletes, and we a lot of times we forget that they're, you know, like you said, he's a he's a cool kid who just happens to be really good at baseball, mm-hmm. and it's cool that we were able to get a look into a little bit of that, you know, private life. Um, now, so obviously, we hope that that we'll get to throw him a couple beers at the World Series parade in a couple years. Absolutely. Of course, we get on an Orioles Twitter float. We'll see. You did float that idea with me uh, like a year ago or something, but we'll, it's, we'll it's, see what happens. It's coming. It's coming. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Hell yeah. Can't wait. Now, a um, couple of O's rumors. Uh, Nashville is something that is kind of a touchy subject. There was an article posted in the Baltimore Sun a few weeks ago that was just kind of seemed to me like hot air. It wasn't really anything notable there about, you know, if the Angeles family decides to sell, there are some potential buyers lined up. And that's the case with any team. But it also said in the article that the Angelos family has no plans to sell and that the Orioles are coming up on a new lease with the Baltimore Stadium Authority or whatever it's called to stay at Camden Yards for the next 20, 25 years, whatever it may be. Um, do you put any weight into these rumors about Nashville or is it just kind of hot air, do you think? Uh, I think it's all hot air. Um, I, I think there's 
there's been one main media guy that's kind of been driving that, and there's a reason you don't hear from him anymore or see him anymore. Well, he blocked me, and and if you don't know who you're, if you don't know who we're talking about, you you can probably figure out. Um, yeah, I know who you're again, talking about. There's there's a reason that you don't see his name or his stuff pop up anymore because again, I think he's just. I think it was a lot of throwing crap to the wall, and it, again, it was like a full. It, it, that article came out at like three thirty on a Friday. Like you talk about a, a potential news dump. Yeah. Like that's not, and again, that's not, that's something that is covered by everyone. And like the Baltimore Sun, and it wasn't even like it was, it was Trezza or Mioli who, or not, uh, it, was, it wasn't even John Mioli. He did it. It was another art. It was another guy. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not buying into this. And again, I think it is. And obviously those rumors have always been there because I think John Angelos has a house in Nashville. Um, obviously everyone I've talked to that's been to Nashville loves it. Um, oh, yeah, but, it's a great city. And like like you touched on, my biggest takeaway was the fact that it, hidden in the article was like, oh yeah, um, you know, if they sold, people want to buy them. Like you said, no duh, of course, it's a professional baseball team. Right. People want to buy a baseball team, and they're like, but the the Angels have no plans to sell them, and they're pretty close to a deal uh, to a deal extending. You know, they're leasing Camden Yards. It's like that. That's the main point of the article right there for me, yeah. because again, it, it's like. The, if they sign the, the agreement, there is no, there's, there's no Nashville. Like it's done. The Nashville rumors put to bed for another 25, 30 years. Like you, you, you don't have both of those. So yeah, yeah, I, when I, when I read that, I was like, that's again, it's like, I don't know why like the sale of the team and the potential Nashville move, like, like you can, you can sell the team and they don't go to Nashville. Like, right. Like that's why that it was, it was a very weird article. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it died down super quick and it didn't get much much press or much much pub um but again my biggest takeaway out of it was we're getting we're getting the oriole oriole baseball in camden yards for another 25 30 years hopefully so again i mean people would have absolutely lost it if a stadium like that lost the team and you can oh, say no one about you know their money and and their record the last the last 10 15 years or whatever 20 years even but i mean it's a cathedral like people it would have been it would have been unbelievable. It's not like Atlanta, you know, shutting down Turner Field and moving to that place out in the county. It's not like the Rangers doing it with the ballpark that's 20 years old and moving, you know, far away. It's like this is, I mean, they're, they're not moving into the county. They're not doing anything like that. Like they're, they're staying in Camden Yards. And I like, so now I've just been on my radar. I'm just like, well, when's that lease going to come up? When's that, you know, when is that extension going to get signed? So right. no, I think it's all hot air. Like I don't, I don't buy anything into that. Yeah, I always get a good chuckle out of it when someone tries to bring up, you know, because I get a lot of people who try to get my input on things with with my Orioles account, and you know, mm-hmm. people would be like, "When do you think the Orioles move to Nashville?" I'm like, I would bet any amount of money that the Orioles don't move out of Baltimore in at least the next twenty years. I will walk to Nashville if the Orioles ever move to to Nashville. Like, I that's, will, I will like, join you. Okay, there we go. Like, it's never gonna happen. And yeah, like I've seen it too, because like I'll be on threads with you guys or whatever, and then people are like, "Oh yeah, well." Have fun in Nashville in 2025. <laughs> and it's like you're an idiot. Like you're a legitimate idiot if you think that's happening. Like this. Yeah. Like if if someone throws out Nashville in an argument, I know it's like you might as well be arguing pitchers wins. Like that's that's where I know I know that that's where you are. So I'm not going to waste my time on that. Like there's no reason to do that. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's a reason that the one quote unquote media personality who loves to float out that idea is not exactly a media personality anymore. Yeah. And again, I'll, it's a shame because it he, that. he blocked me. So I, I don't get to see any of his, his hot takes anymore. What a shame. Unfortunately. <laughs> now, Mike Elias is an absolute stud. Uh, he pulled off, he, he made five trades at the deadline this year. He traded away 
Tommy Malone, who was a spring training signing to a minor league deal. Neil Castro, who was a okay reliever. Michael Givens, okay reliever. Richard Blyer, okay reliever. And Hector Velasquez, who hasn't pitched a, prof- a major league game in his professional career. And he got nine prospects out of it. And we saw him do it with Kashner last year. Got a couple uh, international guys from the Red Sox. And four of these guys that he just acquired immediately slotted into the Orioles' top 30 on, on MLB Pipeline. Tyler Nevin, Kevin Smith, AJ Graffinino, and Taron Bavro, of course. I mean, I, I don't really have a question regarding Mike Elias, but I mean, it's, it's so cool that, that, you know, we finally have a guy on our side who's willing to make these kind of moves to really bolster the farm system. And like I said, Elias traded five guys who don't hold a ton of value and got nine prospects in return. I mean, that's just fantastic. Yeah, and again, it's not like they're just guys. Like they're they're getting top thirty. Like the Tommy Malone one that who's it, Graffinino that got added was that probably two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they they completed yeah. that trade. It's like it's it's unbelievable that they're getting legitimate people, like like legitimate baseball players back for Tommy Malone. Yeah. Like and again, like yeah, you slot him into the, the Orioles top thirty. I think it what what is he? Is he is he he's right like, at He's like low 20s, I think. But it's still, it's like, it's, it's a highly regarded farm system now. It's not like it's the Orioles of five years ago where they're the 30th ranked farm system. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's the 28th prospect there. It's like, this is a top 10 farm system. And it's only getting better. And, yeah, the fact that they're continuing to add players to this, it's unbelievable. Like, it's, I mean, again, like, you can go back, like, the guys they got from the Mets. And the Miguel, Miguel Castro, was, he was a good player. Like, it was obvious that. Something wasn't right here. He may have needed a change of scenery, which I feel like is the case with every pitcher that they've drafted the last 10 years. But it's just like they got some damn good players for him. And, I mean, the Tommy Malone is the one that blows my mind because, again, it's just like Tommy Malone. That's, yeah. Like you said, he was he was, uh, he was unemployed day. in February. Yeah, he's the opening day starter. They signed him, you know, right before spring training. Um, and, again, just the fact that, that they're getting legitimate guys out of it. Um, it's just, it's nice to see that he has a plan. And again, they're sticking to it because they were in that weird, like, Oh, well, with the expanded playoffs, the Orioles are three and a half games out at the deadline. And it was, you know, it was like, I don't think any of it was serious, but people were like, oh, are they going to, are they going to, are they going to buy? The, are the Orioles going to be buyers? And it's like, no, they're not going to be buyers. And right. like, you know, do they bring up Adley? Like, no, they're not going to bring up Adley. Like, like again, Elias had a plan. He stuck to it. He shipped out uh, arguably their three best relievers in Castro, Liar and, um, and Givens and, Again, I mean, the, the guys that they got back are highly regarded players. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see. Again, it's just, it's nice and it's refreshing that there's a guy who has a plan and he's sticking to it. And regardless of what, you know, again, pe- people were asking him, like, oh, well, well, would you guys consider buying someone? And he's like, nah, we're, and, you know, there's a, there's a long term thing. They, they, they weren't going to win the World Series last year. They weren't going to come close to it. So he's like, no, we're going to, this is building for the future. We're, we do want to win some games and, and, but, you know, we're building a farm system and, and, and that was the plan and they did it. So yeah, I, I'm thrilled with the way that, that he's overthrow or rehauled the farm system just in his, in his short time here. I think it was what two years ago, yesterday or two days ago that they, that they signed him. So yeah, something like been, that. Yeah, it's it was, been a nice little uh, run for him so far. Yeah, no doubt. And, and don't sleep on Greg Cullen. He's the, the second guy we got back in the Tommy Malone deal from Atlanta. He's a guy who, as soon as they made that trade for two players to be named later, He's a name that, that stuck out to me, and I was hoping we'd get him, and, and sure enough, he did. And, you know, I understand the concern. He's 24 years old, hasn't played above high A ball, but the dude hits. All he does mm-hmm. is get on base. So, you know, hopefully that's that's a little diamond in the rough there. But, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's it's so cool that he's been able to make such an impact in just these last couple of years. 
And Baseball America came out with their new Orioles top 10 just in the last couple of weeks. And it's such a welcome change from years past where, you know, you'd look at, you know, Hunter Harvey is the Orioles number two prospect and Mike Wright and Tyler Wills. Yeah. Yeah. Three and yeah. Stuff like that. And now you look at the top 10 and every single name, there's some legitimate excitement behind that name. Mm. I mean, Dean Kramer at, at nine, we, we saw what, what he can do and, and he's, you know, not even in, in the top five. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, man, it's, it's so exciting to see. Mount Castle's like, yeah, Mount Castle's like yeah. five, Aiken was 10. It's like, these guys produced last year and like, this is like, there's still, there's a bunch of guys there that, that haven't even sniffed the bigs and, and yeah, they're, they're better than those guys. Like, all right, let's, let's, let's do it then. Yeah. It's, it's a super exciting time. So with, with that being said, uh, looking ahead at 2021, what are some storylines that you're, you're most looking forward to and, and what do you think is going to really help, I guess, set the dynamic for what the Orioles future is going to look like. I think it's kind of just the same as last year. Like let's see the young guys, let's see the talent and let's see where they are. Let's see what we have in them. Like it, it's almost like, like Kramer is now like a John Means, where it's like, okay, we saw what he could do in his first year. Um, let's see if he can repeat it. And obviously means had a rough year, you know, personally on the field, off the field and kind of started to find his, his rhythm. Um, but now it's, you know, now it's, can Aiken do it again? Can Kramer do it again? We saw Aiken kind of fall off. He had, sorry, he had those good starts against the Yankees and then he got, he got roughed up a little bit. Um, but it's like, can these young guys come up and can they keep producing? I mean, Mountcastle is, it's going to be him and a Rosarena for rookie of the year, I think, in the AL. And it's like, those are going to be, I mean, they're going to be hitting, they may hit 35 home runs each. Like, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. Again, it's just, it's like, like this year was fun because it's like, all right. Mountcastle's coming up. All right, who's next? Like, who who else do we got? Oh, Kramer's coming up. Awesome. All right, Aiken's coming up now. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to next year. Is like, you know, is Diaz going to come up? And and some of these other guys. You know, when are we going to see Michael Bauman and 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 them and and Zach Lowther and and all those guys? So it's 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 almost just like, and we hear it all the time. Like next man up. That's what I'm excited for. Is like, all right, Mountcastle's up. He's raking. Who's the next man up? Like, what else do we got? Um. So again, it's just it's it's. We've talked about the farm system for a couple of years now, and 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 we we've seen them grow, and now it's like, all right, it's it's getting close to, to time that it's it's time to see what they have. So that's what I'm excited for, and obviously another another storyline is kind of just is we talked about it earlier is Trey, like what's you know his comeback and and how he'll be and 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 the shape he's in, and every time I've seen him, he's looked great. I I I think I last saw him at Moe's funeral. So that was early August, but he looked, he looked really good. And all the pictures I see of him, he's in the cage hitting. So I have no, you know, got no reason not to believe that he, that he's back in good game shape. So I think, I think those are two of the arguably, arguably the biggest things, the storylines to look out uh, for next year. Yeah. And that's, that's just about the same answer I was going to give. I mean, it really comes down to the young guys and we, we saw it with, you know, Mount is going to compete for rookie of the year this year. We're going to see what, Aiken and Kramer can do in their second year and you mentioned guys like Mike Bauman and Zach Lowther and really if if a couple of those guys can show that they can be decent back-end starters I mean we're in pretty good shape I mean we're not going to see Grayson Rodriguez this year we're not going to see DL Hall this year we might not even see him in 2022 it's going to depend on their progress but you know those are guys who you expect to anchor the rotation and god forbid we have another you know Arietta Tillman or Bundy Gosman mm-hmm. you know fallout with those guys but, you know, like I said, you look at those top 10 names and even beyond that, and there's some legitimate excitement there. And it's it's really cool to see, you know, what the future of the Orioles might look like and, you know, whether or not, you know, you mentioned uh, Aiken got roughed up a little bit near the end, 
had some good starts against the Yankees, had a couple stinkers in there. But, you know, Kramer really impressed me. He was striking out more guys than we expected from him. Velocity on his fastball was up from what I've seen him. So, you know, it's it's exciting. And uh, like le- he was like legitimately must watch like yeah. baseball. I'm trying to find a good light. Sorry. Oh, um, no worries. He was like legitimately like I was excited to watch him pitch. Like it was. And again, like he I think him more than that. Like I, I think people are definitely excited about him. Mountcast the same thing. But like what there's something about watching Dean Kramer pitch. And it was like, holy crap, this guy like this is this is again, like you said, there are guys to get excited about. So that's the biggest thing to me. Yeah, I was pumped for for Kramer's debut, and we both actually got the news from, uh, I oh, guess, a mutual source, and yeah. uh, you you broke it a couple minutes before I did. But that was, you know, after seeing him at the Arizona Fall League last year and watching what he can do in terms of mixing his pitches and keeping hitters off balance and dropping in that seventy four mile an hour curveball whenever he wants, it's he's a guy who I was really excited to see, and I'm I'm glad that he was able to perform in his rookie year. So hopefully that that carries over moving forward. I'm very interested to see the hair situation for next year too. Like, does he grow that out? His whole, the whole corn or not the whole quarantine, but like the whole off season. Cause like, I need him coming to like, they're going to have the best hair in baseball, like him and Hunter Harvey and, and Ruiz and all them. So that's yeah, another no thing doubt. to keep an eye on is the, the hair situation. Yeah. I, I hope Kramer doesn't pull a Jacob DeGrom and shave it off, but no, uh, no, no, I don't think he would not quite yet. Once he establishes himself, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When a couple of Cy Youngs like DeGrom did, and then you can cut your hair, but let, yeah. let's, let's let it flow. That's that's the deal. Now, um, running toward the end here, I did want to ask you because I, I maybe I missed this, but I'm I'm not sure. Were you able to tally the Dong City winner for this year? Uh, so I went back and I started because I so what I would do is I had this spreadsheet. I'm I'm not a good like Excel guy. I'm not a great. I I have friends who can like do it without even using a mouse. And so I would just put the the game, the game up top, like game number. The, the row of people down and then just go over with their picks. And I get, I don't, I didn't fill them out every night just because it was time consuming to do 60, 70, 80 picks a night. And yeah, so like you every, get a lot of submissions for that. Yeah. And so like every Friday night I would try to, or, or, you know, if it was a slow night or whatever in, in baseball, I try and go over and fill, you know, fill out the days or whatever. And some days I just got backed up and, and I just never, I, I could never catch back up. And so this, I, I didn't get, I can do an updated one to like, <laughs> I think I, I think I did like 45 of the games I have cataloged, but the other like 15, I don't think I ever got around to like filling them out. And I remembered that like last week. I was like, shit, I never did that. <laughs> but I'm, you know, eh, COVID, there's a lot of people sick. So there's bigger things to worry about. Um, if there's someone who knows, Excel and spreadsheets and wants to teach me like it would be so easy if I could like do a link and have it lock right at seven o'clock or seven oh five right before first pitch where like you could go in and put yours in and then change it up until game time but second game time came and shut it down right and again I don't know if that's possible but I if if there's someone out there who can do that let's talk and and we'll figure something out because that would make it a lot easier I but no long, long story short that. There has to be a way. I just don't know. I'm I'm very dumb when it comes to stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. It, it, again, I I failed. I failed in that aspect. But um, it was, just, right. it, was it, it was a thought that counted. Yeah, I mean, truncated season. It's it's not that big of a deal. I think yeah. I personally, I think I was you, close you to were, the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, you were on a run. You were on a run there. Um, and again, I don't know. I I think it was like. Maybe like 13 or 14, I think, was like right around the top. And again, obviously like 45 games. Yeah. So I think I had hard. 
course of the season, I might have pushed 10. I know I had at least eight, maybe nine, maybe 10. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I, I started the season three for five. So I was yeah. thinking I was going to catch fire a little bit. But I, I, I had a real cold streak in the middle of the year and then started picking Ryan Mountcast when it worked out. It was, it's hard, man. It's, 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 t- it was, e- it was easier when it was like Scope, Jones, Davis, Machado, you know, Hardy, Mancini, picking one of those guys every, every night. It was like, right. Yeah, de- decent chance one of them hits a home run. So. Yeah. And then it got to the point this year where I'm looking at the lineup and, you know, do I take a gamble on Pat Vileka running into one tonight? They're like, you know, what's it going to be? And like my favorite was like, there was one guy who was just going to, he's like, I'm picking Jose Iglesias every night until he hits a home run. So for like <laughs> the first, like, 35 games he's like i know he's not gonna have it's not gonna happen but give me iglesias i i I respect the hustle yeah yeah i can't hate it all right so a couple more things um someone asked this on twitter uh it wasn't really a question but kind of a convince me that the orioles are going to get rid of chris davis do you think that happens anytime soon no not probably not because i mean they've gone this far with him he's and again it's not it's now known that it's not like an elias and Hyde thing. It's not Hyde being like, just give me a couple more months with him. Like we can, you know, bring in a hitting coach and work with him because it's not. And we saw the same thing with Buck. Like there's a reason this guy stuck around through two managers already. Like it's, it's, it's an Angelos thing. Angelos was the one that stepped in to sign him. Um, he wanted him. I think it's pretty well known that Duquette did not want him. I read that actually in, in Bricciaroli's piece for the athletic. I don't know if you read those. I did, They're, yeah. Uh, like th- they were un- that those articles were literally the reason I subscribed to the Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were awesome, and I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that one scene where she was talking about being on the airplane. Or she was sitting next to Rock. Dan Duquette was behind them, and out of nowhere, you know, they're typing, and he could hear them typing and all that. And out of nowhere, you know, she said Davis was in an O for thirty five slump or whatever, two for forty, and out of nowhere, Duquette said. You guys know that there's only one person who wanted to keep him, and it wasn't me. And yeah. it's like it's it's no. I mean, he's an Angelos guy. Angelos stepped in to do that contract, and and well, he outbid it, himself. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, what the original was, offer was like seven for one fifty five. We ended up yep. giving him one sixty two because no yep. one else came in. Well, they did the thing where like, oh, we're we're gonna pull the offer. Like, all right, and then they then they said they were gonna go after um, Cespedes, and yeah, and and then out of nowhere, I remember waking up being like, oh. There it is. Orioles sign him seven. What is it? One sixty one or whatever. And it was like, well, all right, here we go. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I think we're too far along too. I think they're, you know, we've kept them this long. I think they're going to see what they can do. And again, it's going to same. It's going to be the same BS, the same dog and pony show. Like, oh, I feel great. You know, I've never felt better. Uh, I worked on, you know, I worked on my swing. I'm open to changing anything. And it's like, again, you can say all the right stuff, and it sucks because he he does all things considered. He seems like a great guy. Does a ton of work in the community donates a ton of money to the children's hospitals and things like that. He's just not a good baseball player anymore. And he hasn't been for, I mean, we're going to go on five years soon, like five, six years. Yeah. So and it's, it's, it sucks because he, he does all that stuff and he's a great guy, but he's obviously an albatross in the contract. He's just sitting there. And I mean, the, 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 the thing he should be happiest about is that expanded roster this year. Like, the yeah. fact that they had what was it, twenty eight guys on a on I think a roster? Started 20. with thirty and then it was twenty eight after yeah, a few and weeks. It, and it came down, but I mean that's that's the reason that he was not, you know, quote, not hurt a bunch of the time. So it's like they could yeah. stash him on the bench and, and he's sitting there. I mean the guy tried to fight the manager. Like <laughs> like and he's still on the team. I mean, again, I think but no, long story short, I don't I don't think they're going to get rid of him. If it is, it's it's at the um it's at the all star break of, of the year that his contract's up and 
he's batting a buck 45 and with, you know, a home run and four RBIs. And it's like, Hey, you know, you can either be hurt the rest of the year or we can do something or, or we'll, we'll just cut you right now. We'll, you know, we'll DFA you or whatever. Um, yeah. It's, I, I mean, there's no good, it's not going to be a good ending. Like it's just not. Oh no, not at all. And I and think like we, you said, we've known that for a while. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's a shame because he's, he is such a nice human being. He does a lot of work in the community, donates a lot of money. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm on his side. I want nothing more than for him to figure it out. And I think most Orioles fans are in that boat. But, I mean, we've been running out of patience for the last two, three years. It's the just, thing that's frustrating is him being like, yeah, I'm open to a swing change. I'm open to changing my stance. And he does it for like three games. And then he goes back to the old, you know, or he'll, where it's like, hey, if, if they leave the left side of the infield open for you, will you bunt? So, like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'll do that. You know, anything to help the team. And there's no one on the left side. Everyone's on the right side. And he, and he won't, he won't. Bryce Harper's laying down bunts to get on base. Like, why don't you yeah. do it, dude? Like, again, like, like do anything to prove your worth. And he just doesn't. So, and, and that's the frustrating part is the like, I mean, cause again, there's no one better to rip him than Jim Palmer a couple years ago. That, that series in Detroit when he's like, yeah, he said he worked with Scott Kubal. Kubal said he hadn't seen him all summer or all, you know, all winter, whatever. Like, and, and again, I mean, if, if there's a, the best, one of the best players in your team's franchise, a Hall of Famer, you know, someone like that is ripping you. It's like, hey, maybe wake up and, and you know, you, you got some medicine to take. But it, I don't know, it's, it's not clicking with him. And, and again, I don't, I don't think it ever is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a lost cause at this point. Um, but, you know, a lot of money left on the deal. So he's not going anywhere until, you know, that, that is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, as an aside, you, you mentioned Jim Palmer, you know, ripping him in, in, in Detroit. And Palmer gets a lot of flack among Oriole fans for some reason. A lot of people don't like him as a as a broadcaster with uh, with Gary Thorne. I love him. I think you need a guy who can tell it like it is, and he does that. I remember one thing that really sticks out to me with Palmer was after a game, Scope had homered on, you know, some I think it was like a two two fastball after he took a couple breaking balls, and um, Palmer kind of was just in the post game interview was just kind of coaching him like, you know, what did they give you on this pitch, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't swing at it, right? And then what'd you get? A fastball. And you hit it 445 feet, you know? So it, I, I love having a guy like that who's got a lot of, of – you know, like you said, he's a Hall of Famer. And a guy who likes to talk about himself, which wouldn't you if you had, you know, 20 years of Major League experience? He's the, he's the only pitcher that's ever won a World Series in three decades. Like, yeah. Of course, like, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about where, like, people are like, well, Jim, no one cares what you did in 1965. And it's like – I care. You, you should because, yeah. again, like – like the, the fact that, and, and like, I know what you're talking about too with the scope stuff because he does it all the time where he'll be like, I, I mean, I remember facing, you know, the Yankees in 1973 down there and, you know, up in Yankee Stadium and it was a sixth inning and I threw a one, two breaking ball to, you know, this guy and he fouled it off, you know, two inches foul and the next, my next pitch was up and in and, and this pitch. And I'm like, I, I don't remember yesterday. And he, this guy can remember every pitch he ever threw. And again, it's not like FP Santangelo talking about, well, when I played the Giants, Barry Bonds, I, it's like, dude, no one cares about you. Like right. Palmer is, yeah, like the, the knowledge he has is unbelievable. I love him. I, I, I'm actually, I'm not that high on Gary Thorne. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Palmer guy. I, cause again, the best was Palmer would rip Manny when Manny, when he, again, the six times, the 10 times a year that Manny wouldn't run down to first base. Jim would rip him. And it's like, he's allowed to do that. Like some of these other guys like feel entitled up in the booth. And and like, I mean, I don't know. Palmer has fun. And and he, again, he's super smart. The guy knows his stuff. I I love him. I think he's, I would take 10 Jim Palmers if I could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let the guy talk. He's, he's got a lot to share. 
a lot of great insight, and we're lucky to have him on our side. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last question for you. What's your timeline? When do you think the Orioles are World Series champions? I know it's it'd be fun to say, you know, 2022, I think we can do it. <laughs> but what's your what's your realistic, I think the Orioles are competing for a title this year? Uh, I, I mean, ideally, like, I, I, I almost think back to, like, that Cubs team where it's like, all right, what was it, 20, what, they win the World Series in 2016? Right. It's like 2015, they were like that good team and they lost, they came up short. Um, I, I almost want to say like 2025 is, or 20, probably like 2024 is that like 2015 Cubs team where it's like, oh, they got some, they got some players. Like this, this will be a good team. And, and, you know, it, it, it just got to come together. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I'd say maybe 2026, 2027. It seems like a long time away. Maybe 2025 yeah. if, if, some some dominoes fall the right way in the division and and some other stuff. Um, I'd yeah I, I'd say slot me in between twenty twenty five and twenty twenty seven. Like I, I, can, I, I can get down with that as long as we get like one a long in way the Elias away. Area. As long as we get one in the Elias area area, I'll be happy. I mean, yeah, I've, oh, absolutely. I've waited. You know, a lot of us have waited our whole lives for for a World Series championship in Baltimore, and even watching. Every time the World Series ends and I'm watching the Dodgers celebrate and mm-hmm. you know, watching the Red Sox celebrate, I just I crave it so badly to watch a dog pile at Camden Yards to celebrate a World Series title. And I think we're gonna get it, you know, like you said, hopefully within within this decade. Yeah, I again I mean I would love I would love nothing more to to to, to see that and, and to have it play out. Yeah. All right. Well, Eric Arditi, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything you want to plug aside from Exit fifty two? Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at E D I T T I 22. Um, you've been bounced by the, the powers that be a couple times, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still, we're staying low. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. The, the podcast, the exit 52 podcast. Um, I think who I'm trying, I think that's it pretty much, but you know, I feel like it, I, I hope if you're listening to this, then, then you're aware of, of me because I think we mix it up quite a bit and, and, I like to think that we're two of the bigger voices, two of the louder voices in the Orioles Twitter community. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm happy that we could, uh, we, we could team up on this one. Yeah, man, no doubt. And I will, uh, I'll certainly hit you up next time I have, uh, trouble feeding my snake. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you let me know. You come, come at me with any other, uh, questions. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yep, it. No problem. Thanks, man. Well, thank you to my guest, Eric Arditi, for joining me on this episode. As I mentioned at the beginning, we're taking a break next week for Thanksgiving. Hope you all stay safe and healthy. And uh, we will be back in a couple weeks on December 3rd with Arkansas baseball hitting coach Nate Thompson. Thank you, as always, to Tony and Derek for hosting the pod at Utah Street Report. You can follow me on Twitter at RyeGuyBlake at OriolesFanProbs with a Z. And we will see you in a couple weeks. (laughs) 